Just a friendly reminder that the opinions expressed on this show are not worth a Canadian penny, so disregard anything you hear that might get anyone in trouble. And despite some of the great ideas you may hear, don't try them at home. Go to friend's house instead. Welcome to Slam Fire Radio. This is episode 337 for January 16th, 2020. I'm one of your hosts, Adriel. I'm another one of your hosts, Kelly. And, and uh, that's, and it. That's, that's it. That's it for today. So uh, just going to be the two of us, and it's going to yeah. be uh, I don't think a shorter be show. It'll be regular. It'll be a regular length show. We've been getting kind of long. Some of our shows have been getting into that two hour mark, two hour plus. And uh, that's a little bit long, a little bit long. So I don't mind if we just do like an hour and a half, only an hour and a half show. <laughs> yeah. But sometimes people, I, I, I've been hearing from people that two hours is not too bad. Um, mm-hmm. They like it so that they can go on long trips, you know, and put us on mm. and get to their destination. And <laughs> Yeah, that's one thing I like. I got to drive to Calgary and back. That's like six hours of driving. That's You can very... put on what Trevor did in guns and he... <laughs> Just sewed yeah. out. <laughs> it's straight down too, so I just get on the highway and just point it in that direction. Have turn a nap. on cruise, turn on lane control, <laughs> kick back, yeah, relax. Perfect. Well, uh, what we did in guns this week is brought to you by the Calgary Shooting Center, Canada's premier firearms retailer. Uh, their Geisley order arrived, so they have a wide selection of Geisley AR parts, including Sweet. triggers. So go check them out, uh, Calgary Shooting Center. Yay! Uh, Geisley. Geisley. Oh, I'm going to have to go and check it out. Uh, Kelly, did you want to start us off? Okay. So uh, on Saturday, I had uh, the uh, Gunny Girl calendar at SFRC. I'm wearing the SFRC hat tonight. Just mm. to say thank you to them. Uh, so we wanted to... Uh, mm. We had Jen, uh, Tamara, and Bailey who were in the calendar, this year's calendar. Uh, they came out and did a signing. And uh, I did want to say, actually, thank you to Ryan and Marcy for hosting us as well. It was like pouring. It was eight degrees and pouring. We had flooding everywhere. Uh, there was like, you know, Noah was building an ark, uh, that sort of thing that was happening. So the traffic was actually surprising. And we sun a sold a ton of uh, calendars. Uh, What was happening is if you bought a calendar, you got 15% off in store. So it was kind of, it was kind (laughs) of good for them too. They, uh, they sold a lot of guns that day. Mm -hmm. And uh, as I said, we got uh, Jen and Tamara and Bailey. They, uh, they signed a lot of calendars. Uh, so I did want to say hello to a couple people that came in. There was Mark. Uh, Mark T came in with Cooper, his puppy. It was not really a puppy. It's a huge... Cooper is a big um, German Shepherd. Mm-hmm. Uh, he came in. And then also Tim. Tim W. He's a listener. And uh, he came in and he basically spent about an hour in there chit-chatting with everybody. And he bought a whole bunch of stuff. And he was talking to me. He was talking to Kelly Kincaid. He was talking to basically everybody. But it was nice to meet him as well. Um what else uh we went out afterwards and had a little bit of a bite to eat but it was good to actually hang out with some people that 
you know, I like to hang out with. And I'm going to be shooting with on Sunday as well because we decided we were going to go shooting. Uh, while go I was there. Out there it, the weather is nice enough you can shoot? Yeah. Oh, I'm so jealous. <laughs> it's, supposed to be, it's supposed to be not bad. So we're going to – it's a girl's day. No guys are allowed. We're going shooting because I picked this up while I was there. This came in. And – this is my new Troy AR. It's 14 and a half inch barrel. It's lovely. Uh, and I you even an for it. mounted the red dot. Yeah, it's crossfire red dot. And I got uh, made fun of by Dave Kratke. And I have to actually mention, because Dave's watching, mm-hmm. I said, I have to mention, Dave made fun of me for finally putting an optic on my AR. But he's also the guy that took a year and a half to put to fix the trigger on his CZ too, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So he was talking about me taking all my time putting optics on. Hmm. Anyways, uh, so the AR, it comes with uh, one magazine. The magazine is actually a 10 rounder because it's an A4 pistol magazine. Oh, so that's cool. really cool. Yeah. comes with one of those. And then I also picked up some magazines as well. The other cool thing that I did was I... Um, I met up with Kelly Kincaid and Kelly Kincaid, we call ourselves Kelly squared. I mm-hmm. uh, went in uh, once a month or so, sometimes twice a month. We meet up and we talk about things that we need to do with respect to planning for our events and different things like that. So normally we go and we meet up at, um, at this chocolate place. So I met with her on Wednesday night and we talked about the Toronto Sportsman Show that's coming up, as well as we're planning a Maple Seed Boot Camp for all, all of our instructors for Ontario. Cool. So we're going to be doing it at yeah. Kelly's Place in February. So it's going to be cool. We got to eat some chocolate fondue, which was really good. And yeah, so I met up with her. Uh, I wanted to talk about these in case people didn't know about them. I'm sure that you have because I talk about them every week. But this is the new calendar. Uh, I haven't showed one yet. This is this is Jen. She was at the uh, the event on Saturday. So Jen Christensen. She's been in there before. Uh, this is Trinity. So go out buy a calendar and uh, register it. On the back, there's a number. And once you actually register the number, uh, every two weeks, we're going to have a draw for all kinds of different things. It's ammo. It's, well, I don't know if we have ammo. We might have ammo. Uh, we have all kinds of different prizes and different things like that. Register it because it's basically a raffle ticket as well. But it's $20. And then you actually support the CCFR Women's Group, which is what I'm helping do. Basically, we're we're uh, putting on events for ladies across the country. I was having, so we'll get more. Uh, uh, just just if I could play on your ladies group thing there. I was having some conversations with some people about uh, changing the public perception of uh, have to do that firearms ownership and uh, and what we can do about that. And I think the ladies' day events are uh, such a fantastic way of doing that. Okay, that's uh, it's. I think it's that we have targeted. to do that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we really do. And the funny thing is, these events, wherever we're having them, women want to go to them. Like, these things are selling out because people just want to go. They want to go and try it out. They want to have fun. Um, The majority of women that go, by the time that they're done, they think it's the best thing they've ever done in their whole entire life. Um, But um, it is going to actually... 
change our shooting sports to get more women in. If we can get more women in, we're going to get more kids in and we're going to actually continue it. If we, that's why the CCFR has a women's division basically is because we need to actually get more women in. And to do that, we're going to have to have more of these events. And um, last year we had almost a thousand ladies come and (laughs) brand new women come out and shoot. And that's huge in Canada when you look at our population, right? Because what we're doing right now is we're we're kind of combating some of the anti-guns. And I'll be honest with you, uh, our government, I'm getting political. Our government <laughs> listens to women, and uh, especially if they're anti-gun. And uh, we need to actually have more women step up as well. Mm-hmm. So that's why I actually choose, chose to do it too. I love shooting. And uh, I like to get other women into shooting, so... Um, come on out to any of these events. If you actually want to have an event, contact me. You can do it here at the the, um, the show, or you can actually just email me or message me on Facebook or whatever, and we'll see about getting an event at your your range as well. Because yeah, we need to do that. And Adriel's been fantastic with that. Um, he's been helping out like at Chaz and uh, Sherwood and, and Park. The, and the yeah. other guy. We, we've got a ton of support out here. That You have a ton of support. Yeah. You have some great executive there and you have a, a fantastic, like Lisa is fantastic and Joe and everybody. Uh, so you have some really great support. Alberta is one, a fantastic uh, problems for, for gun ownership. So just wanted to say thank you to you guys. Plug, plug the province. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but yeah, um, so that's basically what I did. Oh, the other thing that I did, I don't look like crap. I, I don't think I, I finally set up my uh, computer. It's been a month. I know. Um, but I do have the new computer all set up and we're using it tonight for the, the show. So I wanted to say thank you to Adriel as well for, for sending me a new computer and being patient with me for not actually setting it up for a month. But I kind of was You're being when... generous with the month. It was, <laughs> it was much longer than a month. Come on. <laughs> yeah, okay. It's been sitting here for a while. My, like, I've been so busy with work. I was away. And then like my life has been like seven in the morning till midnight well, writing. The quality looks much better. And I, uh, some of the, some of our listeners uh, mentioned our viewers mentioned, mentioned last week uh, that uh, it looked potato quality. Now it's much better than potato. Quality. Flip phone was what was mentioned. And Flip Trevor phone. said, yeah, filters from Snapchat or whatever. Nokia. So I said, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I do have my computer set up. So thank you, Adriel. Yeah. No All right. Adriel, what you do in guns this week? Uh, practically nothing. It was, it was so cold here. Edmonton had like a cold snap polar vortex yeah. came down. You, it's been what's minus, it at right now? uh, with wind shields minus 37 right now. Uh, oh, that's fine. without, I think it's just like minus 30 somewhere around there. Um, yeah, but it's been, it's been like, we've been hitting wind chills of like minus 45, minus 46, that kind of thing. We've been breaking records in terms of how cold it is. Uh, Sunday, it's going to warm up to minus 18 and that's, uh, I'm really looking forward to that. Sweet. Yeah, that's uh, that's going to be a fantastic day. Um, but then right after that, it's going to warm up even more. I think we're going to get down to like minus five or something. I'm probably going to go outside in some shorts. And Yeah, so know, Sunday here's, I'm going out to the range and it's going to be zero. Just yeah, let, see, you know. I, would, I would do the range at zero. I, like at minus 30, I've gone to the range at minus 30. Um, I've with shot minus wind 30. chill, it's yeah. too much for your hands. Like there's just no way to keep them warm. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, you're holding on to like a, a, an aluminum gun or something like that, and it just soaks the heat right like through the gloves. It soaks the heat right out, and yeah. uh, and your your fingers freeze really quickly. Right, and the guns are not functioning all that well either. They don't like to run in. Well, you can make them run. You you can dry off like towel off a lot of the oil and just leave them. Uh, there's still going to be like a very thin film on there, but very yep. thin, and yeah. uh, and that works just that works okay. Um, you need to make sure that they're like conditioned to the cold. You don't like move them from hot to, to cold too quickly. They can get condensation and that can freeze up in there. Um, but yeah, you can, you can make a run. Yeah. Yeah. And that's semi-auto. It's like a lot of the bolts and pump guns and that kind of thing. They run, those guys run just fine. Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. I, I got a response. So um, I don't know if I mentioned it on the show or not. Um, I had emailed the Alberta ministry in charge of uh wildlife and that kind of thing and i'm like yo guys uh previous ndp government banned spear hunting uh i think it was a stupid move yeah you mentioned that yeah i did mention that uh so i emailed them and i said i think it was a stupid move um very few people do this the only people who do this are super into it super enthusiasts and have been doing it um in accordance to you know how they uh, feel is ethical to uh to hunt and uh, I got a response on it, and the response was they they had actually done a consultation of some kind. They had surveyed some hunters mm-hmm. on what they felt about a couple different things. They put in um, like sub poundage bows, uh, sub or crossbows during bow season, and they asked them about a couple of things like that. And uh, I, the resounding response was "Leave it as it is," um, which they did some consultation. I'm not a super fan of like even doing it like that though, because what you end up with is tyranny of majority. Yeah. So if the majority of hunters are uh, um, cons- fuds who just want to keep it as it is right now, you'll never get it. You'll never get any change. You'll never get people who are on the fringes who are doing something that they enjoy, uh, who can be let to do what they want to enjoy. So and, I really, I, I, it really. Yeah. I, I was really like I was I was glad I got a response. It was really cool. I'm glad they did the consultation. That was really cool. I don't agree with asking hunters what they feel about different things and then making legislation based on it because you uh, end up with tyranny of majority. So it'd be interesting how they ask those questions because a lot of times that you can use they they'll say they've done a survey, they can look at the statistics, etc. But it's always interesting to see what type of questions they like. Do you like? Do you bow hunt? Do you cross? He, he included some screen like, caps, screen caps of it. They weren't bad okay. questions. Okay. I just disagree with the asking. Like none of these people spear hunt. You can ask a thousand a thousand hunters in Alberta. Your chances of getting a spear hunter in there are incredibly low. One maybe. <laughs> I would say maybe. zero. There's probably like there's probably like five to ten people max that spear hunt in this in this province or, or used to spear hunt. Uh, probably less than five. Why so don't the, you go to people that actually do and ask them what's the benefits? Uh, do you guys uh, is this safe? Do, is this okay with with Are we okay with people doing this? We're, we realize that uh, there are people winging rounds at deer that they shouldn't, and they're wounding deer all over the place. Uh, and that's just a that's just a fact of life. Um, are we okay with these five people who spear hunt and they're super into it and they really like this one guy is an Olympic javelin thrower and this other guy is like, I don't know, ground, ground hunting with a handheld spear, whatever crazy thing they want to do. Uh, because I think that's more valuable, a more valuable way of looking at it than, uh, 
surveying other hunters on what they feel about what other people are doing. Right. Yeah. I think so too. Yeah. It just, it, it kind of reminded me of uh, gun ownership. Uh, if you ask the majority of Canadians who don't own guns, just, uh, should people be allowed to have guns? They'll be like, no, they don't. They, I don't need one. So why do they need one? Right. And that's, it that seems like a good, really, yeah. it seems like an ignorant way of doing it. And I, and then this, uh, this survey came across the same way. I'm, again, I'm glad that they went through a process and all that kind of stuff. I just don't like, yep. I don't like that they, um, uh, put these rules in place for the minority without really even looking at it in a, in a more objective way, I guess. Right. But good way to cover your buttock for it, I guess. But it's nice. You got a response. Since yeah. Yeah. Next. Yeah. That was yeah. cool. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, 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 again, I don't spear hunt. I, I will never spear hunt. I'll bow hunt and I'll rifle hunt. And, uh, I don't particularly care, uh, about spear hunting. I just, am so libertarian and freedom loving that I want everyone, I want people to do what they want to do as long as they're not hurting anyone. That's fine. Uh, I published some videos on, uh, uh, the Rossi Overland and yeah. that, uh, that modded out GSG 16 that I borrowed from my buddies. So, yeah, uh, I didn't get a chance to out. watch them. The GSG 16 one's fun. Uh, mm-hmm. um, my overall, the well, the Rossi is used. They don't they don't make them anymore. So it's a side by side shotgun yep. Overland external hammers. Yep. Uh, kind of fun, kind of a fun shotgun. And if I was to do cowboy action, uh, that would be probably one of the shotguns for me. Cool. Uh, the uh, GSG, a fun range gun. I think if you yep. wanted to get some some friends shooting, uh, and you put that in their hands, they'd be like, Yeah, this yeah. looks cool. Yeah, this is like an MP5 kind of a thing. Uh, even though it's 22 and, and it's low recoil. And I think actually new shooters like that kind of stuff anyways, right? Yeah. Yeah. So uh, both those are really fun. I got a whack of uh, a whack. chamber cleaners. So yeah. I, had, I had did this one with this brass one. I used it a couple times. One thing with brass is that it actually bends and then mm-hmm. it stays bent. And then you're like, oh, but I want it to clean there, but now it's bent. So now I got to like push it in further. But nylon doesn't bend, so I got mm. so I got a whole whack of these things. I'm gonna try to use these ones. They're really cheap. I got them from China, so who cares? Chinese them. Yeah, yeah. yeah. They're tw- twenty-five cal uh, chamber brushes. You know the the thing about these though is that there's there's not really any cheap. I don't think there's any cheap knockoff brat like brushes. These are just probably straight out of the same factory that produces everyone the else's because there's no there's no other market for it, right? No, there's not. Yeah. But I bought a, I bought a ton of the brass ones. Mm. Down. You might find that they bend they might a little bit. Bend. Yeah. But you can you can just fluff them up. <laughs> <laughs> no, didn't like that motion. No. You fluff them up. <laughs> I'm yeah. just going to leave that comment. Anybody can. We're not going to talk about fluffers. Okay. Okay. Good. <laughs> Well, now you just mentioned it, so you know, so much for that. Uh, not my thing, but uh, my club donated uh, ten thousand dollars to the CCFR. That was pretty cool. Yeah, that's really cool. Yeah, yeah. Thank you was, to uh, Chaz. Your club is Chaz. Just wanted to mention mm-hmm. on again and giving a shout out to Chaz. Um, but yeah, awesome. Doing a lot of things. I mean, when we're, again, we're talking about. Uh, uh, winning hearts and minds of the general public. Chaz runs uh, ladies' events, open range events, uh, uh, family day stuff. So, yeah, like more ranges and- have to do that, and we have to ha- see the ranges that are 
fuddy and only for members like they they can't be that anymore we'll yeah, lose the public perception so you can be fuddy you and and have your own members yeah. and have no guns that's the right. future that we're going down if you don't tackle right. that uh, that public perception so the whole thing about you know what nobody else is allowed to shoot here we don't even want to publish our address or anything like that yeah that's not good i can understand why but i also but with Chas, you guys also donate annually to the hospital as well. Uh, yeah, through that, uh, uh, through our three gun match, right? Yeah, we yeah. do about ten thousand bucks a month, or not a month per year. Uh, wow, just, just with that amount, <laughs> just with that, uh, with that one event. Uh, and yeah, yeah I, was, I was arguing with someone online. There's like hobby guns, like that doesn't that has zero benefit to anyone. Like, well. I mean, like, if you if you want to say zero, like, here's ten thousand bucks we raise for for the Stollery once uh, once a year, right? And that's just one event. Think of all the events and all the clubs that are across Canada, right? Right. And then you also have to think, what is the impact of have that event on your economy in that area as well? Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. these things we have to actually talk to people about. Yeah. This yeah. is where it's coming from. Yeah. Right in. Just hold on a second. Continue on. I have to let the dogs out. <laughs> all right. Mm-hmm. Uh. And then I ordered some. Uh, I was actually talking to a buddy of mine on Discord, and he's like, "Oh man, I'm, uh, uh, these ni- there's some 1911 laser grips on AliExpress. But AliExpress is like eBay." And, yeah. uh, and he's like, "What do you think about these?" I'm like, "Hmm. Well, they're 20 bucks, so uh, I'll buy a set. <laughs> I'll find out." And then I was they're also only... on there, and they also had like a bunch of different wood style uh, 1911 grips for like 10 bucks a pop. So I got a couple of those too. Yeah. Yeah. When they're supposed to come in, the stuff from China is like uh, three, three to eight weeks because it's good. it's on the slow boat. It's got to come over. It's got to like get over here. Depends on the slow boat schedule. So whenever you're ordering stuff on Ali or eBay, uh, check the shipping details because they're all over the place. Yeah, but okay. it's it's minus thirty. I'm not like I'm not itching to put my grips on my gun to go. Outside. You're not. You're not going out to go and. <laughs> Still shoot. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I've been yeah getting again getting more uh, getting more camping gear and stuff. I ended up uh, uh, I was asking my buddy for some like lightweight reco- recos, and he was like, "Oh, there's this uh, there's this hood that you can get that's uh, that's down. I'm gonna put it on just because it's funny." <laughs> that's awesome. <laughs> it's uh, it's very warm. It's made it down. And you can you can like squeeze this part down so that just your mouth sticking out. <laughs> a little um, tough to shoot if you can't see, uh, but yeah, this is not for shooting. This is for like you're laying down at the end of the day yeah. in your in your uh, tent and you want to sleep and it's really cold. I suppose you could use it for shooting, but yeah, it squeezes down to like that. It's very it gets very small. So you've added that to your stash. You've added that to your stash. It's very warm. Yeah, all sorts of weird stuff. Uh, I think I think that's it for stuff that I've done in guns. Sweet. Again, it's been cold. I'm just trying to survive. It's minus thirty. It's cold. Uh, it's Alberta. You're used to that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> we are. It's yep. minus thirty. It's Alberta. It's winter. It happens. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh, all right, let's get on to TACOM. TACOM Canada 2020. This is this will be September 11th to 13th. 
Uh, The Canadian Program Podcasters Network will be in attendance at TACOM 2020. Your favorite podcast will be on hand throughout the show, so make sure you drop by the booth to meet your favorites and pick up some swag. Or drop by while we do our special live broadcast, uh, where we'll be talking to event organizers, guest speakers, and vendors about all their new and must-have products. You can see details for the show at TACOMCanada.com and stay tuned for ticket release details. I hope this is someone like responsible doing this and not uh, me or... Are you going to this? You're going to this. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So there's a whole bunch of um, podcasters that are going to be going. So when you say responsible, um, I'm going to be going. (laughs) Yeah, I'll be there. Uh, But as I they're all your favorite podcasts. So if you are part of, yeah, so Silvercore is going to be there. Uh, Prepper podcasts. We got uh, people coming from uh, the Canadian Patriot. We even might even have uh, Sean and John from uh, M14. Uh, we have the guys. Uh, there's a new podcast um, that there's a couple of new podcasts that have just come out or are coming out as well. Uh, Dean Carr is going to be there at his select shooting supplies booth but he is part of this network as well uh he's just about to uh release his podcast uh he he asked for some feedback on uh logo and everything like that so i voted on that and when i talked to him when i saw him at the store uh he was uh thankful for everybody's feedback on that so he's going to get that set up uh soon you we've got um uh, some guys from Newfoundland, Mike and uh, oh god, for the life of me, I can't remember his name. I'm sorry, he's a listener too. Um, but we have, yeah, we have all kinds of people coming. Um, New Shooter Canada, I think maybe George or Thomas might be coming as well. Cool. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, so yep, awesome. Uh, yep. the 10th annual podcast network charity shoot will be at the Rest Goose Gun Club Saturday, July 4th. Uh, registration and payment will be through practice score and we'll set that up and send you guys the link when it's available. Uh, support for the officer Frank GoFundMe uh, fundraiser uh, is also still on. Uh, we are $155 away from right. $20,000. Almost there. Right. So we need to get it through that tonight. Just who's ever listening or is ever watching live on Facebook right now. And I know that we're not streaming on YouTube live, but um, if you're seeing it tomorrow on YouTube or whatever, if you're listening, go on to the GoFundMe page. Cause we really want to get over the, um, the goal tonight. It's only 155 bucks. There we go. All right. Yeah. Why don't we move on to the news? Uh, the first one, I, I have a couple of foreign ones in here just because it's a, yep. uh, I just kind of trends at the time, and I just kind of want to put put them out there. Uh, the first one is a is a raid that was done in New Zealand on a, a firearms activist, firearms uh, aficionado. Uh, he was uh, he'd actually mentioned in a government filing, "Hey, uh, you know this uh, military style semi-automatic thing that you guys are talking about? My lever action twenty two qualifies for it, and you guys are banning it. What the hey?" This is not a military style semi-automatic. This is a, this is a 22 lever gun. And uh, uh, so he had put that out there. Uh, new regulations came in and uh, he had Guess his... What? <laughs> oh, weird. He had his house raided. I know. They were, they were looking for that illegal military style semi-automatic uh, lever action 22. That's what yeah. they were looking for. They're actually looking for a magazine for that gun because that was the part that was illegal, not the whole gun. Um, 
but the magazine tubes like part of the guns. Uh, I, I don't know how that works. Uh, anyways, they didn't find it because he sold it or gave it away or something. So we all uh, say that he's tough. Done something tough. <laughs> uh, this this is like uh, should be chilling to you and I because. <laughs> if Canada is following New Zealand as uh, as their role model for uh, for gun control, uh, anything we've shown on the show, I have sold. By the way, since then, it's all gone. I don't have anything. And uh, oh, shoot, <laughs> <laughs> you too, right? Yes, yes. We didn't mm. see my new AR at all today. No. Well, that's that's restricted. That's tracked, anyways. You can't hide that. But no, you did strip it down to the receiver right afterwards, right? Just the lower? Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, let's see here. The next one I have is uh, firearms and parts are to be removed from ITAR. So, uh, oh, yeah. Yeah, you posted it down there as well. But uh, I just, yeah. So ITAR got updated. It means that, uh, what does it mean? Well, let's so, talk about it. Uh, for the longest time, trying to get Cajun Gunworks parts for your CZ Shadow in Canada right. was not possible. Yes. Or it was difficult. You had to wait for one of the importers to do a batch import. You had to say, please, please put some of these in for me, and they would send it in. They, don't, they didn't have distributors here for the longest time. I believe they have some now. But uh, for parts like that, or for parts where they're like little cottage industry uh, yeah. sellers... They can now send them direct. I think that's fantastic. So what it means is they don't have to pay the annual fee, which was ridiculous to send parts here. Mm -hmm. Uh, So it's basically a loosening. So we should be able to pay or we should be able to buy more parts and things from the U.S. and have them sent here with no problems whatsoever. That was one of the things like, for example, if we wanted uh, to go and train down the U.S., uh, it was a concern. Um, same thing with coming up here um or if we wanted to actually just even buy um certain like even a belt uh i know that greg may had an issue with that and it was denied because of itar so a belt yeah a belt hmm. it was odd and it was, yeah well yeah. this is fantastic i think this is fantastic because again uh there we have our local retailers that are selling most of this stuff that that have it available Yep. Uh, but still, there's a lot of stuff that you just can't get. And right. Midway, uh, imagine if this is in, Midway might send to Canada. And then we could get cheap mats. And, and then I was just going to say, we, we can get cheap mats. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I usually wait until they go on sale for about uh, $29. And then I have them shipped someplace in Michigan. Not saying where, just and, in uh, Michigan. Because a lot, of the, a lot of these places like, ah, Canada. You guys don't yeah. buy hard. You guys are like one percent of the U.S. We're not going to deal with that nonsense. Just to, we're not going to well, pay two thousand dollars a year and yeah. deal with these export regulations and try to figure out if it's ITAR or not. Like, what a pain in the butt. So now, uh, now it's going to be a lot easier for them to ship up here. Yeah, very good. Uh, CCFR put out a video on uh, intro to the CCFR. If you if you have yep. friends who are uh, gun owners who aren't a member. Uh, maybe send that to them. It, it's it's a quick overview of like what the CCFR's mission is, uh, what they've been doing, and uh, yeah. it's very very easy to watch. Yep. Yeah. I think that 
like we keep going back to it and I know that we're talking a little bit more about it tonight than we normally do or whatever. We need to get more people into shooting and we need to be supporting those people who actually support us. It's not good mm-hmm. for us to have inner fighting amongst us. Like, uh, you know, uh, people who are hunters against people who are uh, three gunners or whatever. We need all to work together. So just go and look at the video, join the CCFR you know what join other organizations too if you want to but as long as we can all work together then we're going to have a, a united voice that's all i had to say exactly. we can move on now yeah. no it's <laughs> a good point um the next bit is uh is just more news out of uh, out of virginia um and the reason why Sweet. i wanted to bring it up was because the timeline to this is now so yeah uh, there is going to be a protest at uh, january 20th is when a lot of these uh, new laws are expected to come in and there are a lot of them <laughs> they're putting in almost all the laws uh, so mm-hmm. how many how many counties actually are are not have said that they're not going to go along with these regulations oh i don't know uh, okay. It was high. It was very high. It was almost all of them, wasn't it? I thought. And went, well, not some of the city ones. Like there's there's a reason why. Uh, like Virginia went Democrat and uh, uh, just recently here. So like there's there's still some voters who are voting Democrat, and this is what you get with the with a Democrat government in the in the U.S. is uh, is gun control. So, um, mm. city folks, maybe I don't know. I say that as a city folk myself, but. <laughs> Anyways, there's going to be a large rally on the 20th. Uh, there's been some weird stuff happening around this. They've declared a state of emergency. They've yeah. declared that uh, for a section, for a space around this uh, area, uh, you cannot have guns on you. So, like, no open or concealed or anything. They're just banning them entirely. They're leaving just a little spot for counter protests, and there's only uh, two ways in and out of the entire area. So they can. Basically, arrest, arrest everyone who's. No, they're just keeping. Yeah, well, I don't know. Maybe they're just keeping track and keeping an eye and. Yeah. Yeah, it's uh, it's weird. And uh, anyways, that's the twentieth is like Monday, I believe. Yes. Yeah, Monday. So. Virginia. That's kicking off. Yeah. Uh, okay. Let's get into new gun stuff. Uh, so, if you're going to be buying some gun stuff, uh, do it before the gun places go to SHOT Show, because a lot of them, when they're at show, SHOT Show, there's no one manning the place. <laughs> yeah. And the, and you can order stuff online, it ain't going to get mailed. Just, I was just going to say, if you order stuff, you're not getting it. Even if the store is mm-hmm. open, you're not getting it for a while, and the reason is because um, basically they don't have the stock, or, or they've just placed the orders, and the orders still have to come from Strat and it's going to take forever in two days. And anyway, So buy now? Buy now. Yeah, buy now. Buy now if you're going to buy something. Yep. Yeah. Uh, SFRC is running a bumper sticker contest. Yes. Yeah, so uh, buy a bumper sticker and you get a chance to win a CZ Shadow 2 Canadian. Okay, so SFRC, my favorite store ever, obviously, because it's here in Kingston, or just outside of Kingston, and uh, they have the bumper stickers for not only for guns, they're doing that, they're quite successful at it actually but they also have another bumper sticker on facebook group it's actually things that are not just guns it's other things so if you uh go to face go to facebook go to sfrc go and get on there so there's separate groups basically one's a sticker contest for guns and one's for other things too and you can 
you can win really, really cool things. Awesome. Yeah. I oh. haven't won anything yet. I'm really actually quite upset about that, though. I think if you want to win stuff at this point, you got to invest in calendars. That's the that's the play. Invest in calendars. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Do that. Okay. Go. Uh, next one. <laughs> Rangeview Sports. Uh, they're selling the Terra or Tara. I don't know. TM9 9mm pistol for $2.99. And there's a reason why it's $2.99, right? I don't know. It's from Montenegro. And uh, <laughs> it's kind of kind of kind of Glockish, but yeah, it is Glockish. Glock-ish. Yeah, but not a Glock. No, no. But uh, uh, it's not competing with Glocks either. At two ninety nine, it's competing with the Norinco NP thirty four, that uh, uh, the two twenty six knockoff, and uh, and that kind of thing. So yeah. uh, maybe it's good for that price at the cheapest price possible, right? Two ninety nine, Canadian. Yeah. That's yeah, yeah. Like... Say double single action? What? Is that real? Yeah. Really? How? It's not hammer fired. What's going on with this thing? How do they even I do don't that? Know. <laughs> are with double are single you gonna action order one? trigger? No. Uh no. Huh. I just very I'm short gonna... reset when firing in single action. And then yeah. it does double. What the hey? How does that even work? If you want to know, striker fire, isn't it? You can, yeah, but it's D A S A. Like usually, striker fire is just you get a pull and then it goes yeah. off and that's it. If it, if you get a click, you're you're done. You you rack the right. slide. A D A S A suggests that you can pull the trigger again and get another uh, hammer fire on it, which a lot of hammer fired guns will do, like a, a shadow or a season seventy five. Yeah. Those are D A S A. Yeah, but they have a hammer, not a striker. This doesn't. That's what I, I mean. Yeah, that's weird. Well, if you want to find out, it's two ninety nine. It's a pretty cheap way to <laughs> find the answer to it. I think the hunting gear guy should buy one and do a review on it. Uh, <laughs> just got rid of a bunch of pistols. Uh, yeah, yeah. It's tempting, though. The next one here is a Burris Full Field uh, Tac Thirty Wolverine Supplies is uh, is selling these at a pretty good discount. Three sixty-five for them. Doesn't come with the red dot or the mount or anything crazy like that on there, but no. it's a thirty millimeter three gun or AR scope. So if you're looking for one of those, Burst has one, and Wolverine yeah, will sell it to you. At twenty-four. Yeah. Shout out to Ryan Schellenberg. Yeah. Yeah. Anyways. Uh, Savage. So Plain Sight Solutions is bringing in the Savage Model One Ten Ultralight. It's the priciest Savage I've seen, it's sixteen forty nine. It's got a proof research carbon barrel, which I'm pretty sure Savage, like parent company or Savage itself, owns proof. I'm pretty sure there's a relationship between those two. Uh anyway, sixteen forty nine for this ultra light rifle. Yeah. It's not that ultra light though. It's like six pounds. So uh, six pounds doesn't come across as ultra light to me. But maybe it like because it's got so little weight in the barrel, maybe it it holds the weight to the rear. Mm, yeah is the so the butt pad on there do you think you can weight it uh so okay so you're looking at the stock right Uh uh-huh look at the butt pad yeah you think it's detachable you can it looks adjustable for length for like the pull i don't think you can adjust the weight on it well it's an ultralight too so i don't know Hmm. i'm just click here for additional details why don't we do that uh but just like says that it here's the thing oh it does yeah 
right. 5.8 pounds, 6 pounds. Yeah, it's like 6 pounds. That's not that's not lighter than a regular no. hunting rifle. Maybe I'm missing something. Well, for PRS, you want something a little heavier anyways, don't you? Yeah, th- no, this is like a uh, if you're going to go it's on like, the PRS side. if you're going to go yeah. shoot uh sheep, you got to climb mountains and it's like, "Oh man, cut a, cut a pound off your rifle and that's like amazing, right?" Uh, because then you can wear a, uh, you can take a pound heavier sleeping bag or more water or uh, yeah. beer or I don't know, beer, maybe not beer, moonshine. Moonshine is very, very space effective. Uh, yeah, life. you know why? Because yeah, you don't, you know, one beer or mm-hmm. moonshine. Uh, the other thing I've heard for uh, hiking is uh, just bring weed because that's like <laughs> super ultra lightweight. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> uh, next thing. Okay. Tenda is bringing in this Hungarian 762 by 39. Uh, it's brass case, boxer primed, and uh, it will pass a magnetic test. So, really, if you sh- if you like shooting your SKS indoors, uh, you've probably been having a real tough time trying to get ammo that uh, that works because you know, r- indoor ranges typically don't allow bimetal or anything that st- sticks to a magnet. Nope. Uh, <laughs> And this will uh, this will do it, and it's new production, so kind of interesting. I would say if you're like if you're part of an outdoor range or you don't need a uh, brass case lead core, uh, the other stuff's cheaper, like a lot cheaper. Hmm. But if you if you want to compete with your SKS uh, or your Type eighty one or uh, VZ fifty eight or whatever, this stuff would be not a bad idea. Not a bad idea, and it's only four hundred. 500 bucks 500 bucks for 900 rounds yeah that, right. keep in mind like there's non-corrosive and corrosive that's both cheaper than that but not brass cased so you wouldn't right. be able to pass a magnetic test so that's the interesting part there yeah. uh this next one i don't know if, if we've seen this one before or if we've talked about it before we've talked about the iwi masada it's that nine uh, millimeter pistol that IW, iwi is putting out but rangeview sports has an optics ready version which it seems like a lot of uh, pistol manufacturers are doing these days because I think it's easy to do. You machine in a little spot and you put a plate in there and call it, call it a day, right? Yep. Uh, if you're looking for an optics-ready pistol, the IWI Masada is five fifty-nine at Rangeview Sports. 100 bucks off. Good. Mm-hmm. Excellent. Uh, man, I more Turkish stuff. Um, West Rifle is bringing in a rifle called the Monza. I missed this one when, it, when they first announced it, but I'm bringing it up now. And uh, it's a 308 bolt gun. So we've seen a lot of shotguns out of Turkey. We've seen some pistols. We have not yeah. seen very much for rifles. And this will be the first, I guess. Uh, I have no idea what action style this is running. I took a look at it and I thought like, oh yeah, it's a REM 300. Until I saw the safety and the bolt. And I'm like, oh, it's not. Oh, sorry, uh, uh, REM 700. All right. uh, yeah, it's not that. Um, so... I don't actually know what this thing's built on. It might be proprietary. Mm-hmm. It's got a couple of interesting things. It's got like an adjustable cheek riser built into the stock. Yeah, it looks uh, cool. Like a pick rail on the top that's got like iron sights built in, which I have no use for, but the pick rail is cool. Um, I have no idea what these things cost. Kind of interested. Um, more just to know like where it's at. Uh, uh, yeah. Hmm? No, it doesn't give you any information. Not really. I couldn't really find much online. 
Okay. Uh, the last one, and again, I, I, I'm pretty sure the Ruger Wranglers. We announced them when they when they were first announced. I don't know if we talked about anyone actually stocking them. Uh, North Pro's got North them. Pro. Uh, North Pro's got some uh, Ruger Wrangler 22. These are 22 revolvers, and they're 294, which is pretty reasonable. I think some of those like really really cheap uh, 22 revolvers. The ah, uh, uh, they got some cowboy name to them. Uh, um, and they're like 200 bucks. Anyways, these are Rugers, so the the quality's probably a lot better. Uh, and they're 300 bucks, which is pretty yeah. cheap for a pistol. All but right. it's a revolver. But it's a revolver. Revolver 22s are kind of neat, because there's no recoil. Like, the thing I yeah. did, I really, um, every time I get into a revolver and I, I try it out again, I'm like, oh yeah, that's why I hate revolvers, is uh, the bore over hand act it's like way high so it's you're always going to get a ton of flipperosity and the grips on them are terrible too there's nothing to grab onto you got to curl your thumb because if you put your thumb straight it gets into the cylinder gap yeah yeah they're just not made for gaming and uh that's why i don't like they're just okay i do admit they're fun to shoot but yeah they're not what I choose to shoot. Only the most, like the most powerful hand, like revolvers. Yeah, just because, like, oh man, that's a ton of power coming back. Dirty Harry. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah. 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 Okay. Cool. Uh, all right. Why don't we head on to the main topic? All right. For our main topic, uh, I've been I've been looking at body armor recently, and, uh, and I was asking uh, asking some of the some of the guys at Slamfire. Uh, who to talk to about body armor and who, who knows, uh, who knows their stuff around it. And uh, Colin came highly recommended. So I, f- I thought we would like take 15, 30 minutes and like take, like soak all the knowledge out of your head about body armor. Are you cool with that Colin? Yeah, absolutely. And Colin, uh, just for some background, uh, you're a field officer with the CCFR. What else do you do? I'm a retired veteran. I served 21 plus years with the uh, uh, Canadian artillery. And uh, most of my experience around body armor, I guess, would uh, come from that and also, you know, from post-military. Awesome. Well, maybe uh, maybe just to start off, I guess uh, uh, some people don't know, you can own body armor in Canada. Um, I know, uh, is it legal in all the provinces? I know in Alberta, you need a PAL. You need a, a, a PAL to own body armor. Uh, the other provinces, about the same thing? I know Ontario, it doesn't matter. I'm not sure about the other provinces, though, but I have heard the same thing. Certain provinces, you require a PAL or some kind of proof that it's uh, part of your lawful pr- profession or something like that. All right. And it also the level of um, body armor that you can carry as well. It depends on the province, too. Oh, really? So yep. some you wouldn't be able to carry like level four plates or something like that. Right. Yep. Mm. So, uh, it, you, so if you're going to buy them, you actually have to check out which province what it is in your province interesting so what are the different levels of uh of body armor anyways level i I hear like level one or i uh i i i i i iv those uh (laughs) so like one two three and four but like what what are all those levels for i think they're uh basically different levels of protection i'm only really familiar with level three and level four Mm-hmm. Um, that's the, those are the ones I've primarily used. Yep. Um, my last, uh, set of plates I had were actually, uh, issued plates from the military, uh, NIJ level three. And, um, they were ceramic plates. 
but they were really thick. They're probably about three quarters of an inch to an inch thick. Mm-hmm. And they're very heavy and big and square. And plates have come a long way since then. Interesting. So you mentioned uh, uh, level... Th- What's the difference between level three and level four? I think it's just the level of protection it affords you. Like, uh, mm-hmm. let's say, level three, I think, would be good up to, let's say, 44 Magnum. Uh, level four, uh, for example, my the plates I have now are uh, Nexus level four. And they sh- they're rated for up to 308. Oh, really? So that's good right up yeah. to r- rifle then. Yeah. Hmm. So, like, I guess if you're a cop, you, you might be able to get away with level three if, you, if you're just going to face handgun. But if you're in the army and you're going you're gonna to start seeing uh, rifle fire, I guess level four would be ideal if, if you can carry them, right? Yeah, and certain armor isn't necessarily rated directly for gunfire. A lot of uh, armor, especially, like, in militaries, we're... Uh, is rated for things like fragmentation, hmm. you know, from artillery rounds or grenades or things like that that are common, uh, you know, in combat, right? Yeah, I guess. Yeah, airstrikes and uh, and mortars and that kind of thing. Yeah, that would uh, that would definitely make a difference. You mentioned that uh, that your plates were ceramic and and really thick. What's the what's the technology? Uh, how has it changed since then? Uh, and what are the options today? Well, I think they were uh, a mix of ceramic and Kevlar. And the level four plates I have now are thinner and smaller and, uh, than the plates I had before and a little bit lighter. So I'm not really sure what the difference is. A lot of it has to do with the manufacturing process, I believe. Mm-hmm. And uh, a lot of people don't know this, but a lot of body armor is actually um, much like a motorcycle helmet. There's a, an expiry on it you know, when it comes to ceramic. So right there, that's one difference you have between steel plates and ceramic plates is ceramic mm-hmm. has a bit of a shelf life. Because it'll <laughs> become more brittle. It, Correct? It will. Yeah, it'll it age over age. time. And yeah. It's exposed like to me. elements <laughs> and stuff like that, right? <laughs> Kidding. Not really. <laughs> So uh, um, you were saying there, steel steel would, th- would typically be thinner than ceramic, I guess, then? Yeah, it's typically thinner, and it's usually a little, it's actually substantially heavier. Mm. So, you know, when someone's considering purchasing armor, they have to consider a few different options and, uh, and balance things out. I mean, <clears throat> excuse me, if you were doing, let's say, some guys that... Uh, some guys even like to use uh, plate carriers for things like uh, CrossFit and training, mm-hmm. running, mm-hmm. stuff like that. So maybe they want steel plates. They want something a little heavier, you know, because they're working out their body and stuff like that. If you're on the range all day and you're on your feet all day and uh, you want to save your back a little bit, perhaps steel isn't um, what you're looking for. You know, I know in the military, when it came to body armor, when it came to any piece of equipment, if there was a lighter piece of equipment, I would take that, especially if I had to wear it or carry it all day long, right? Mm-hmm. So ceramic has that advantage. Um, another thing with uh, steel plates is they can take multiple strikes, or multiple hits, mm-hmm. whereas uh, ceramic or Kevlar can start to break up and fall apart after multiple hits, you know, and... Uh, you know, you can't uh, squeeze another day out of a plate that you've that's been shot or hit. 
mm-hmm. so to speak, you know, from a significant strike. But steel plates, you could probably, uh, depending on on what's coming at you or what what hits you, you know, you, you get another uh, another day out of it for sure. Yeah. How do they like with a steel plate? You you hit that, you're going to get fragmentation from that bullet going in all different directions. And I imagine like having that plate on your chest is just going to basically like cut it to your throat. How do they how do they stop that on uh, on steel plates? Yeah, on steel plates, uh, you get something called spalding, right? And that's that fragmentation that you're talking of. Mm-hmm. So to try and mitigate that, a lot of them have uh, a coating on them, and it's almost like you know, like that stuff guys spray on their bed liners or their yeah trucks. truck bed liner, yeah, yeah, kind of like Rhino liner. It's something like that, and it just tends to absorb a slight bit of that energy and kind of come apart so to speak or help absorb some of that as well because the last thing you want is you know getting <laughs> spalding in your face or anywhere in your body that can be very distracting when you're at the range or if you're a law enforcement or something like that you know you're charging into a room that can be very distracting yeah well and your junk is down there too so if you take a low hit it's going right down right down into your junk <laughs> Possibly, especially if you're leaning forward, because that mm-hmm. could ricochet uh, and follow the plate downward, right? Yeah, yeah. I guess that's where that anti-spall would be really good. That coating that uh, that they put on there. Um, so, how do, how, do, how, are, how how are people typically carrying these things? You mentioned plate carriers a couple of times. Like uh, mm-hmm. a, a plate carrier is like a vest. It's a, a jacket. What are, what are we talking here? Yeah, typically it's I guess like a vest, and uh, you know. Police often use soft body armor, mm-hmm. and it's it's a lot more comfortable. They can get in and out of their car a little easier. They can drive. They can function and do normal things a little bit easier, whereas uh, ceramic plates or steel, I know I've driven armored vehicles or Jeeps or things like that wearing plates, and it's kind of cumbersome. It's a little clumsy. It's not necessarily the best scenario. Um, whenever you don't have to wear plates is always a better thing, but then what's the point of <laughs> you got to have the protection. I assume you're wearing well, it for some reason. <laughs> yeah. And that's true. Yeah. You know, the protection it affords is, is a good comfort as well. You know, uh, people, you get some people out there, I guess you call them like the fuds, right. And they'll, they'll uh, look at guys wearing armor on the range and they kind of scoff at it and things like that. But, I'll just give you one scenario. I think it was last year, last year, or the year before I was uh, a range officer for a precision rifle match mm-hmm. and everyone was doing shooting from all different positions around obstacles over top of things, shooting for very compromising positions. And one of the stands that I was actually supervising was they had a little plastic uh, car, like a, like type the kid would get inside and pedal yep. and they had to shoot, shoot off the roof. And this one fellow uh, was preparing himself and he was kind of crouching down and his knee gave out and he fell backwards and he totally flagged me with his uh, rifle and I didn't have my plates on. And I thought, you know, of all the times I wasn't wearing a plate, this had to happen, you know, but luckily nothing, uh, nothing happened uh, because I was just lucky, but uh, so many times in and the last three months, the last three months I've had three ricochets at the range hit me hmm. either from some coming back from a backstop, something from an adjacent range or spalding coming off of uh, some shrouded steel. Oh. 
Yeah. So. Yeah, it happens a lot at three gun. It, it's never anything with enough energy to like really hurt. Well, not hurt to really do any damage as long as you're wearing ear pro, eye pro. But I don't know. Like, I guess you could take some uh, some shrapnel. <laughs> well, I don't know. See, these glasses are a little bit. Uh, oh yeah. Need a repair because it took a forty five slug on the side there. So I was always grateful to have them. You know, yeah. it, it's funny. So people will look at it and go, ah, <laughs> what do you need that for? Well, you know, it's like telling a carpenter, what do you need safety glasses for? Or what do you need, you know, a welder? What do you need a welding shield for? Well, it's just added protection. And if someone wants to wear it, what's the big deal, right? Right. And then also you actually, for you or for somebody else who is, they, they use it, you can also... When you train, you can actually train according to actually how you you work as well. So, hey, do it. Yeah, I yeah. mean, I've uh, I've I've seen a couple of guys wearing plates at uh, at three gun, and it's it's looked like uh, really good exercise, <laughs> and uh, and a really good uh, test for their gear as well because. Um, you know, some, some plate carriers, uh, the fit might not be quite right. It's just like a backpack, right? Like going hiking or something like that. You get something that's not fit quite right. And, uh, you never use it to that level. You don't know how painfully out of fit it is or how it's just like a terrible piece of equipment for you until, unless you get 10, 12 hours in that thing, then, then you know it for sure. (laughs) And here's the other thing. Plate carriers often act as a mag carriers, first aid carriers, uh, radio, you know, like there's a lot of, it's the stuff's like Lego. You can add or subtract what you want to it. Yep. And it's a convenience thing. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. <clears throat> and I think, yeah, yeah, definitely. So if you were, uh, if you were recommending like a, a plate or carrier setup for, for someone who, who didn't have any, uh, what would you recommend at different budget levels and what would those budget levels be? Well, I've, I've personally seen and used different levels of stuff. Um, and you know what, whatever a person can afford is always better than nothing. And the thing is, is the big difference between a lot of the plate carriers are just the features, the functions and the convenience. For example, Condor puts out a really low profile plate carrier that doesn't really break the piggy bank. I think they're about $160. The one I was looking at mm-hmm. originally. And there's nothing wrong with them. You can beat them up all day long and they'll take it. Um, the next one I had was a 511 plate carrier and nothing wrong with that. It's really well adjusted, lots of molly on it, very comfortable. But there was some other features too that I didn't like about it. <laughs> like, for example, uh, adjusting the, uh, the yoke on the shoulders. They're, they have this funny wire that goes through it and down along your back. And if you're, let's say you decide it's a cold winter day, you want to put on a jacket, you go to put slide your plate carrier on and realize, man, this is a little bit too snug for comfort. Well, now you're screwing around for 10 minutes trying to readjust your plate carrier. You know, the, the one I have right now is, uh, I really like it so far. I've had a chance to wear it around the range for actually, I just wore it for a few days of filming not too long ago. We were doing some online courses. And um, I really grew to like this vest because it, it had a lot of cool features on it. On either side, it has a quick release. On the left and right side, the, the Warrior Assault System, I have the Recon plate carrier. So it has a quick release on each side. You know, instead of having to undo Velcro every time you want to take okay. it on or off, 
or slide it over your head. You know, my 511 one, I had it set up and I would just kind of slide it over my head and uh, away you go. But the one I have now is, is great. I have it here. Actually, I can show you. Yeah, yeah, definitely. This is a show and tell show. <laughs> yeah, it's a bit of a show and tell. Welcome to my bedroom here. So uh, <laughs> this is where all the magic happens. <laughs> the, the magic awesome. is, is holding plate carriers. That's the magic right now. <laughs> yeah, that's what we're talking about. So, um, so here's a, a Nexus Level Three uh, helmet. A lot of cool features on that, but I can get into that later. We're talking about plate carriers now. So, like I was saying, this one here. Uh, it's a little modular. See, it, I have a, a pouch down here. Mm -hmm. that was Which one is that? This, this is the recon plate carrier okay. from uh, Warrior Assault Gear. Great stuff. And uh, well, this pouch, all it does is it's just on by a, a Velcro tab here. And it has That's... a lot of different pockets and whatnot. You can put whatever you want in there, right? Looks like a um, tactical fanny pack. It looks like a tactical fanny pack. Yes. So we're, we're going to bring the fanny packs back in great style. Though. And, <laughs> Does it uh, have any armor in it to protect, you know, what's, what's, what's down there or no? What's funny is that you actually can get a, a piece of armor that does fit in there mm. to, to cover your, uh, more of your abdomen region. Now, of course, underneath here, it's easy to uh, adjust it for width. You know, you're having a jacket on or something like that. You can just lift this up, adjust these two, and away you go. But it also has these uh, quick release here. Cool. You just pull it, uh, and it comes nice. apart. Um, some of the nicer plate carriers as well, uh, you're going to see stuff like padding on the inside with some air channels. So those air channels, if you've worn plates for any length of time, you want something that has channels like that. So it allows breathing uh, air movement and, it, yeah. and breathing. And also, this is like foam padding here. So if by chance, let's say, I know it's a ridiculous example. If you took a direct 308 shot, there's a lot of foot pounds of force there. Mm -hmm. And this will help absorb some of that. I mean, it's like getting kicked in the chest, right? But if you had that, you know, it's a little bit better. So the, that channeling, that foam, that's a nice comfort feature. Remember I was telling you before about the 511 ones and how the yoke is hard to adjust? Yep. This one basically is just you pull this Velcro off here. And then there's more Velcro and it's easy to adjust. It takes you seconds as opposed to 10 minutes with the 511 one. That's oh. something I really appreciate about it. So okay. I. Sorry, but what was the cost on that? The cost? Or do you want to tell? <laughs> oh, no, no. Um, I think I paid give or take about $360 for this plate carrier. Okay. Does that ever include everything like the pouches as well as the, the plates as well, or that was a bare bones vest, just okay. the vest. Uh, these two pouches are uh, high speed gear pouches. Yep. And I like them because I'll show you why those are I the mean, HSGI tacos. <laughs> it, that's exactly what they are. And you know, your mags can just fit in there with tension, right? Yep. which is nice. There's no, uh, like I have this one here. This was one I had on my old 511 and it has the bungee on top for your mags. Yep. And sometimes, uh, you know, especially where speed's important, let's say you're at a competition or you're trying to shoot quickly and do quick uh, transitions and mag changes. You don't want to be messing around with, uh, with Velcro. I mean, you could pull it aside, you know, uh, to the side of your 
mag, but still, you know, it's just extra fine motor skills that you don't want, especially when speeds above your fine motor skills go right out the window and you have to rely on gross motor skills. That's why a lot of your drills at the range should be focused around gross motor skills because um, they're going to get you through uh, under stress, right? Yeah. So also this uh, vest here, what's cool about it is this front, this front panel can come off quickly. Right. Oh. So here's a setup yeah. for like, uh, you know, AR 15 and, and I have a couple mags for my SIG, right. but let's say I had another setup I wanted for a shotgun yep. or three gun or whatever. Right. It's just like Lego. You just snap it all on there and away you go. You're done. Adriel, are you having envy? Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, uh, some guys run the vest setups for three gun and the, I would say that they are modular and they're, they, they can carry more stuff on a vest, but for pure speed, the belt stuff with it, it's straight up gamer stuff that we run in three gun. It's, mm. it, it would not uh, work in a, in a tactical situation. Well, here you go. Talking about belts. Uh, this is also warrior assault gear. And, uh, I like this. It's, very, it's set up very similar to like an Ipsic belt. This yeah, is like a, a, yeah, mm-hmm. an inner outer. Exactly. That goes in your pants. And then that just goes over top with a Cobra buckle to keep it all secure. I really like it. Yeah. And that would, that would probably work. You'd have to get something that works with your vest because you wouldn't want to have like a mag that gets stuck under the vest or the carrier or something like that. Right. Yeah. yeah well, it's good to have stuff that's already been, everyone's worked the bugs out of it. A lot of, uh, a lot of tier one units and stuff are using this gear and they're using it because it's functional. It works and it's simple and it's reliable. Um, one thing, you know, in terms of, uh, belts are, uh, I really like their, uh, this is also uh, warrior assault gear. You know, I kind of like these, uh, taco pouches I had before and I put them on the vest, but this is, uh, one of their products. I kind of like it's their holster. And, uh, I set it up actually for my 226. It just slides in and it's a thumb drive. So you push this button here. Mm -hmm. What it does is when it goes in, it snaps, it holds on to your trigger guard, right? Yep. So what's cool is that you can use, you know, here's my uh, CZ shadow. Fits in there. Perfect. But hang on a sec. Have you ever tried to find a holster for a desert eagle. <laughs> have have you ever? Because I tell you, there's a few like holsters I found. Some of them are like Magnum PI, big leather. You know, like, it's like wearing a bra, Shoulder. right? Yeah, yeah. Well, you can't wear those at the range. But this one here is kind of cool because all you do is this adjusts for any size firearm. You just open up these tabs here. I didn't know that this existed. No, me neither. <laughs> well, see, place your pistol in there, and then you Perfect. just wrap it back up again. Of course, I'm fighting Velcro here. Yeah, on a timer in front yeah. of a live studio audience, Beep. online audience. <laughs> okay, well, there you go. It only took me a few seconds. Now look. Sweet. Oh. So now what I is it? Rig- Sorry, what were you saying? So what's the what's the name of the holster you know? Or it's just on their website, though. They it's can... it's on their website. I can't think of it off the top of my head. I mean, 
Right. Half the time, you know, I'm spoiled. I just go and I see uh, Scott or Josh and I say, hey, this is what I need. And they go, well, here you well, go. Yeah. Who's you the know? manufacturer? So, Who makes that? This is from uh, Warrior Assault Gear. Uh, Warrior if you go Assault. to Black Bear Gear, yeah, they keep, they carry all this stuff. And it, it's fantastic stuff. It all works together. It's great. Yeah. I say kind of buy once, cry once, right? So, you know, yeah. and uh, I also wanted to do some... Uh, so night shooting next spring. I get a lot of interest in uh, people wanting to shoot with NVGs or stuff like that. So, of course, on the Nexus Level 3 helmet, you have an NVG mount. Uh, foam padding. This is pretty cool. Yeah, It's a BOA dialer. It loosens or tightens kind of up to the back of your head, much yeah, like, a, like a hard hat, right? Yeah. Yeah, exactly like a hard hat. It's, just as one it'll of the... take it'll take around though. Yeah, yeah. We had some people that were asking about it. What about helmets? Your recommendation? I know that you recommend wearing it. I've seen you with it on. So, what's the, what's the average cost yeah. for a helmet? You... Uh, it depends. Uh, I've seen them anywhere from seven hundred dollars to twelve hundred dollars. Okay. This is a, a Nexus, and it has the BOA uh, or the arc rails on it. And you can also attach your ear defenders on there too. Cool. Mm. So, I've seen that set up. That's slick. Yeah. yeah, I'm one of those kids. I should I should probably actually wear this helmet 24 seven because I've hit my head quite a bit. And uh, <laughs> and you know what? Having your earmuffs attached, just one more piece of kit that's attached to something that you don't have to look for is great. You can add lights to it. A lot yep. of guys like to put a GoPro on the front. Yeah. You can get actual GoPro mount. And that I'm actually interested in that because uh, I want to take this uh, CZ Shadow 2 and actually, um, you know, run it against time and, and challenge myself with different drills. So Yeah, that's a good idea. Oh, here's here's the slickest part of this whole helmet. I mean, I, I would have spent the money just for this. It <laughs> almost has like a little magnetic slide lock. Oh. There's no... There's no button or anything. No D loop. No. Yeah. D ring. D ring. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, He's putting it on, but we don't. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So there you go. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, look all tactical in your bedroom. Well, that's actually, it's usually like this. There's, the only thing missing is a pound of bacon and we're all in there. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, this, this dialer on the back, you know, it really snugs things up to your head. Yeah. It's a good fit. It doesn't move around. It should be like a motorcycle helmet, right? It should, uh, yeah. you should be able to move your head around and it doesn't wiggle too much. So it's good and firm, right. but you can still talk and stuff like that. Great sure. thing is, see, I lift up. Mm-hmm. It's good to go. Well, my side buckle let go on me because I didn't do it up properly. But uh, this little b- buckle here, you know, it was time to be cool and stuff. Look, uh, <laughs> this comes off like nothing. I do have a question. Uh, we see a lot of people wearing plate carriers and people telling them they're, they're wearing them wrong. So when you're sure. wearing your plate carrier, where should you have the top of the plate carrier? Where should you have it at the bottom? Okay. Well, over uh, or under jackets. You- that type of thing. Usually a good rule of thumb is the top of your plate carrier should sit about where your collarbone, collarbone is. is. Approximately. It's too high. It'll be kind of, 
It can be uh, choking a little bit, and if it's too low, it can it can be sloppy, and it can get in the way when you're trying to aim. That's another thing is uh, when you're getting plates, you want to get something that has a shooter's cut to it, right? Which means the corners are cut off. Mm-hmm. My old plates, I had the level three military ones. Um, they were big and heavy and bulky and all that stuff. And when you would go to uh, present okay. a firearm, you know, when you go to present your biceps would be hitting it and I could never really straighten my arms. I was always shooting like this, at least with the shooters cut. Now I can push out a little further and that's a nice consideration, Hmm. especially if you're looking to buy used body armor. A lot of the older stuff is very square. It doesn't have those shooters cuts. Yeah. I was looking at some online and I saw that they were selling the rectangle, just straight rectangles and then the shooters cut. At the same price, and I'm like, why are people buying the old ones? They must have old plate carriers that they're that they're replacing, right? Because I I would think that that shooter's cut is is the way you'd want to rock and roll most of the time. Great, he's Just putting it on. Other people wanted him to put it on, so <laughs> he had the helmet on. Let's put on the plate carrier. Uh, while you're putting it on as well, you were talking about um, you can get additions for it so that you can cover your abdomen. At I can't even say. Add, you know what I'm talking your about. Your junk, your junk. Yeah, your junk. Little, yeah. <laughs> um, so you can get additions as well. Yeah, you can get uh, extra armor. You can get side panels. Yep. Go right here in the sides. Yeah. And all that is is a couple Velcro loops. It goes in in seconds if that's what you choose to do. Right. <laughs> I always, I never had that. Uh, the luxury of the side plates, typically uh, for military purposes, we would always present and yeah. shoot Straight facing on. forward. Yeah, And that's that's another consideration that people need to know when they're shooting, especially with uh, a rifle or a carbine, is you can't necessarily shoot like you're normally used to shooting. Yeah. I'll show you. So, you know, you, you adjust the, uh, the buttstock on your rifle mm-hmm. to adjust yep. it properly. Right, like this. This would be perfect normally, but look, mm-hmm. this is this is awkward. Too far out, yeah. And it's too far out, so you have to shorten it up at least the thickness of your plates. Yeah. And typically, I'd put mine right in the chest, as close to the side of your face, so it just comes straight up. Right. Just like that. And the reason is you present straight on, so that you don't give them any anything to shoot at basically because you don't have any side protection unless you're wearing the side side plates as well. Exactly. You want to right. uh, have your plates facing the threat, not your rib cage. So, right. Have you ever actually had any experience with the um, <coughs> plates and the vest with respect to stabbing? Like the, do you know, like we're at work, we, we wear level threes at work for, because of, of stabbing, but yeah. Um, yeah. So have you ever taken that into consideration when you were doing your plate carriers? Stabbing, not so much. I know no. that some, some hard plates, I definitely feel confident, you know, that nothing's getting through those plates. If a bullet's not, and I doubt a knife will either. Right. Yeah. But, uh, you know, everything has its pros and its cons. A plate carrier can also be bad too. Mm-hmm. The reason being is, uh, Plate carriers are great if you have some standoff distance, let's say, if it's a two-way range. But plate carriers can be horrible in the sense that this gives somebody 
something to grab onto. If uh, we were, you know, in grappling, we were grappling it, you know, it'd be something people can grab onto and toss you around with. So, but I mean, for my purposes, I'm just wearing them at the range for protection and convenience of, you know, mags, first aid kit, pistol, holster, all that good stuff. Right. By the way, Tracy says you're tactical. She loves Tacti- it. Tacti- she <laughs> said cool. tacti- hot. Tacti- tacti- hot. hot. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> She's just saying that. See, and another good reason why I got a quick release. Oh. Lost one. So, <laughs> yeah. You lost I did one, lose your one. That's okay. But yeah, those are uh, some of the considerations to keep in mind, you know. Comfort, breathability, adaptability, and uh, and you know that kind of thing. You're just paying for different levels of convenience, comfort, adjustability, stuff like that, and protection ultimately. Yeah. Awesome. Well, I think uh, I think that's been a really good overview of uh, of body armor, and I think that yeah, uh, yeah I've gotten a, I definitely got a lot more uh, information on on what you can get out there. It looks like about a thousand bucks for your basic like plate carrier setup yeah i'm about 600 for the plates i have now that was on about a hundred dollars off about 360 for the vest so that's about a thousand and i haven't even put a mag holder on it or anything like that Mm -hmm. helmet usually seven eight hundred dollars on average yeah yeah cool well if uh if anyone else out there wants to uh pick up a set i guess that's uh that's a going price thanks for uh thanks for coming on again colin this has been yeah. uh, really uh really interesting and uh i've been really uh yeah now i know now i know what to look for <laughs> sure there's there's lots of things to look for for sure but you know ultimately for a lot of people it comes down to price so don't yeah. be afraid to buy something that's a great deal and save up for you know something better if that's what you want i do have a quick question about that you were talking about buying secondhand reused right Mm -hmm. how confident are you in that so if somebody says well i can't afford a thousand bucks but maybe i can do 500 uh are you confident in a in somebody you know basically taking a chance on on that will they get a good deal on a plate carrier, no problem. On ceramic plates or Kevlar plates, I prefer to buy brand new. Brand new. Then, I, then I know what I'm getting, and I know it's not something old and brittle like you were saying. Yeah. Uh, when it comes to steel plates, I mean, you could take one look at it and see what kind of condition it is. It's, there's no hidden agenda with steel, but a lot of times the Kevlar plates are covered in layers of Kevlar and has an outer shell. So you can't really see beneath that. You can't see what kind of damage it had. Has someone dropped it on the floor? Has someone actually shot at it at the range just to see how it is? For giggles? And then tried, <laughs> yeah, for giggles and then tried to sell it to you. You don't really know. Yeah. So if you're just using it for the range, go ahead, buy something, uh, you know, used. But if my life depended on it, yeah. I'd buy brand new. Okay. So, Thank you. Awesome. Uh, any other questions, Kelly? No, no, I've been butting in. Sorry. <laughs> That's good. Uh, Colin, do you have anything to plug before we cut you loose? Uh, I don't know. Um, you know, there's here's some other considerations for you. When you're buying your vest, consider some of the gear that you're going to be putting it on. Like here's an old condor belt I have. Uh-huh. And you can see how these kind of attach. Yeah. See, that, that doesn't work with my uh, 
with my current setup. My mm. current setup set for Molly. So also keep that in mind when you're buying a setup, consider the mag pouches you have or what you're going to put on it and see if they're going to be compatible before you invest your money. Yeah. Yes. Hey, get Colin. Into, get into Molly yeah. or... Mm-hmm. Do you want to plug the store you work at? Or the CCFR? <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, big shout out to uh, Danger Dev there at Valley Guns. And uh, Jeff Smith, thanks a lot. Uh, they're my go-to guys for all the everything that I break when I'm out having fun. You know, I bring it and uh, those guys usually uh, hook me up and help me out. And, uh, you know, a big shout out to the CCFR because they're the ones fighting for our future to enjoy our sport. And uh, whether it's sport shooting, hunting or whatever, they're out there fighting for you every day. So, you know, we should all invest in our future. So go get a membership and um, buy the insurance. It's worth it. Awesome. Perfect. All right. Thanks for coming on the show, Colin. All right. Well, thanks for having me. All right. Thanks again to Colin for coming on and telling us all about body armor in Canada. Uh, listener feedback. I think we've been answering this stuff on Facebook Live as we've, as we've been going. Uh, yep. One person uh, was uh, saying, hey, you guys streaming live on YouTube? And uh, no, because YouTube's t- terms and conditions say that Suck. you can't handle <laughs> firearms on a live stream. So uh, we can't do show and tell. And if we can't do show and tell, there's no point. No. Are you handling handling a firearm, Kelly? I am. Okay. Thank you. Because otherwise, like we could have we could have streamed on YouTube today, but Kelly Sorry. Kelly's handling her AR. Sorry, guys. Hey, can't do it's it after the fact that we've already started. <laughs> you had you showed it before too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cool. Anyway, so yeah, that's why we're on uh, Facebook. And if Facebook kicks us off, maybe we'll go to Streamer or uh, Gunstreamer or uh, Bitchute or uh, Pornhub or, or something like that. Yeah. Um. Are or we started other... our own. Just, no. No, we don't want to do that. No. It sounds hard. It sounds like a lot of technology. It sounds like Adriel's job. Mm-mm. Okay. Mm-mm. Mm-hmm. Uh, do we have any other comments here that we haven't addressed as we've been going? So people uh, mentioning there's a lot of questions about the body arm, which is kind of interesting. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of Chinese stuff that. You, oh, that's one thing I wanted to ask Colin about the Chinese uh, body armor. You can get like some uh, some. Real cheap body armor plates, and and they're like textile. They're like fiberglass and a bunch of stuff. They probably only work for pistol rounds, and probably not really well at that. I'm thinking that you probably don't want to count your life on it, so don't no. buy it. I wasn't going to, anyways, except to put holes in it. That would be fun. I think Tal Flatermouse uh, got some, and he was showing on YouTube like him shooting them. So, yeah, yeah. Go over, go over to his YouTube and have a look and. Cool. All right. Let's get on to listener feedback. Listener cool. feedback is sponsored by Armory DC Gunsmith. Armory DC Gunsmith is a full service gunsmith who specializes in firearms refinishing. He offers hot bluing, parkerizing, Cerco finishes, as well as wood refinishing. Check out his online inventory of new and used guns, firearms, accessories, optics, and more at dcgunsmith.ca. Um, based in New Brunswick. Super cool guy. Does yep. good stuff. And I think he's doing optics mounting on pistols now. I think uh, Trevor was mentioning that. So yep. if you're looking at, if you have one of those non-optics uh, ready pistols that's obsolete uh, and you want to like get with the times, uh, you can send your slide over to him and be like, yo, cut this for a plate and he'll cut it for a plate and you can put a red dot on there like all the cool kids. 
Right. Uh, did you want to take this first one from Tim? Sure. It's from Tim. It says, hello. First off, just wanted to say that I love the show. Thanks, Tim. Uh, I'm not sure who is reading this. It'd be me, Kelly. Um, but I met you, and you put it in brackets, Kelly, today at SFRC and talked to you or her ear off about Maple C, Three Gun, <laughs> um, PCC, and Black Badge. He actually didn't talk my ear off, but it was really good to chat with him. Uh, I really appreciate the time that you she uh, spent with chatting with me about these things and introducing me to Kelly Kincaid. Uh, it was a pleasure meeting you and keep up the good work and thanks again. So I just wanted to say hi, Tim, and you're welcome. And it was a pleasure to see you. And I'll send that stuff out to you. He also, he, yeah, I'll send that stuff out to you. Anyways, cool. Thanks for the email. Second one here is from Ernie S. Don't know if it's been covered, but how about discussing gunsmith tools? What's essential, wish list, who makes quality tools, and so on. Trevor must have a thousand and one hundred and one tips. Oh, I love that. Oh, I love how we, we put that all in. Yeah, that's from Ernie. Hmm. So well, Ernie yeah. was talking about how, doing an actual show on it, a main topic, too. So You know uh, who has the power to do this? I could just stick it in. Where's Trevor's date? Right there. Yeah. I'll just be like, uh, talk about gunsmithing. Smithing tools. tools. I think because yes. it's smithing too, you have to like talk about having a forge and melting metal. Oh, we should have Owen on then. Mm, he would know about that kind of stuff. Yeah. Well, smith me up a revolver, right? Well. Because that's like can, old timey and cowboy. Yeah. Yeah? No? Yeah. So, but gunsmith and we have, you know, blacksmith. Mm. So gunsmith would be Denis, ish, and Trevor, kind of Trevor, and me, kind of. I have a Dremel. I am a gunsmith. <laughs> <laughs> there's your no. there's your uh, tool recommendation, Ernie. Uh, Dremel. Dremel, yeah. <laughs> Dremel, Dremel, a grinder if you want to make quick work. A Dremel if you want to take your time. Yeah, and then uh, yeah. No, no, no. So maybe what we can do is, so did you already put it in there, by the way? Oh, yeah, I put it up top. Yeah. Okay, cool. So Ernie, we will have it. It's already been penciled into the calendar. Mm-hmm. I have to change the date, <laughs> but I don't know. <laughs> All right. Uh, oh, one, one other thing I wanted to mention, uh, it wasn't in an email, but actually uh, Tim and Jordan both mentioned about the A22. I was talking about it on the last show. Uh, the Savage A22. So I was saying, yeah. oh, yeah, this pin's really convenient. They were saying, well, that pin really should be metal because you can actually pierce it or break it. And uh, that's no good. And uh, that bolt, as it's coming out of the gun, it needs to tilt up a little bit. If your scope is too low, it doesn't come out. Yeah. So some of those pros are, they've got some, like, asterisks and... Uh, that that weird looking T that means that there's other weird stuff down below that you have to yeah. think about their terms and whatnot. Yeah. Yeah. So. yeah. And a couple people mentioned to me that the Savage uh, 64 is uh, it's not fantastic. And uh, I agree. Yeah. Yep. Uh, do you have podcast? Uh, sorry. If you would like to email the show, send an email to slamfireradio at gmail.com and uh, cool. we'll probably read it on the air. Maybe. Maybe, maybe. If, hey, we'll have to I, sift through the mailbag, and we just pick the really the best ones out of there. That's we read it. everything. <laughs> we read everything. <laughs> if you guys have events that are taking place, email them to us, and I'll put them in the events um, page. 
I'm talking to you, Ryan McLean. That's a good point. Yeah, because uh, yeah. we're always trying to help get more people into competitive shooting. And I think that that's important for a sport. And it's important to fill up those events and make them successful. Yeah. Or if you're having a ladies' day, just saying. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Podcast app reviews. Uh, so if you're listening to us on a podcast app, go ahead and uh, like us and subscribe. Do people do that anymore? Mash that like button and hit the upvote with the thumbs up and uh, hit the heart button on there a couple of times. And I don't know. I, I, I guess it depends on the app. Like my app doesn't allow it to do that kind of thing. I know uh, iTunes still does. So it'll help over there. Um, maybe Podbean and Podcaster and Streamer and Sketcher. Sketcher and some of these other no. ones have something Stitcher. like that. Stitcher. Not Sketcher. Sketchers or shoes. Sketchy Stitchers. Yes. But nobody's. Uh, does anybody leave uh, reviews anymore? Like, really? Uh, Do you? I don't actually. I haven't actually checked recently. So maybe? <laughs> <laughs> there, there is an app that uh, we can check that uh, we can see if people... Anyways, okay. You'd have to ask Stacy. <laughs> she would, She was doing that. I, maybe she stopped. I don't know. I think... No. No? I think she she generally Probably does. Not, she gets notifications. Mm. Yeah. Then she'd tell so. us. Yeah. 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 Uh, Kelly, do you have any shout outs? I have a shout out to all the ladies that came out to sign well not all the ladies the three ladies that came out to sign the um, calendars so jen uh tamara and bailey and uh kelly for helping out with that and uh and also greg weiss coming as well and to yeah as i said marcy and ryan for hosting us it was awesome fantastic sweet number yeah what about you uh no no shout outs for me um, Patreon supporters, if you'd like to help uh, support the podcast, head on over to patreon.com slash slamfireradio, and you can choose to donate however much you want to per month, and we'll send you a patch and sticker in the mail, which I haven't done since before Christmas, but I will do at the end of this month. I'll send another batch out uh, to anyone who is uh, who is new who has subscribed. Uh, finally, uh, you, could, you can also help uh, support the show by visiting our website and clicking on the links for Cabela's and buying through there. So if you're going to buy something from Cabela's anyways, click on the link Number and uh, Cabela's will slip us like a cool 2% or whatever that sale is under the table. So if it's $20? Mm-hmm. Yeah. 2%? Don't make me do math. Was like <laughs> 40 cents? <laughs> yes. Yeah. Woo! <laughs> That's that's when we really get crazy over here. We yeah, buy some yeah. we buy some extra chamber flags uh, with those forty cents. Forty cents? That's one chamber flag. Okay, we get, let's say one more chamber flag. <laughs> It'll make the difference in some. Do we buy life. chamber flags? I don't know. We should have. Okay. We should. We should. That'd be kind of neat. We should do branding. Oh, Hashtag. we should do chamber flags. That is actually not a bad idea. We could take the Slamfire Radio, put on chamber flags, and put them out with the stickers and patches. I have I have a link for that. I know you have a link for that. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, please join a national firearms association such as the CCFR. Check us out on Gun Owners of Canada. Like us on Facebook. We're at 2,322 likes, and we are closing the gap on those homeless children. And uh, take some friends and coworkers out to the shooting range and win yep. some hearts and minds. That's what I'm Sweet. Thinking. Sweet. Thanks for watching, everyone.
So if you have any comments or questions for the show, please send an email to slamfireradio at gmail.com. Now go grab a gun and shoot something. When the talking is over, it's time to get a gun.